I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Hey guys, welcome, welcome. It is the Little Fire Season 1 After Show. We're looking at Episode 6 tonight. So many crazy, interesting things. It was a full-on flashback episode. We're going to get right into it, but first let me introduce you to my panel. I'm your moderator, Kate Montgomery. I'm going to introduce Trina Dong first, who's a fan of Reese Witherspoon and has been since election. We yes. talked about election. Ooh. Yes. The best. That's what yeah. we know about it. And then we have Chef Beans with us with the mental cuisine. Hey, what's going on, y'all? <laughs> you know, some old school dances. You see, you hit us with the 80s dances. I love it, Chef. Come on, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> and then Monty, who's a fan of Reese since Cruel Intentions, and Carrie since yep. Save the Last Dance. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I was switch about that today. I know the Save the Last uh, Save the Last Dance soundtrack would fit so well with oh, this yeah. show. <laughs> so agree. Well. Yeah, agree. So we're usually Trina was saying this earlier. We're usually in the '90s with this show, but with today's episode, we get to go into the '80s. We start, I think, in '78, and then we're in '81, so we're like early '80s. Um, and so you can tell some of the music changes. The the wardrobe's a little different. So it's a full-on flashback. We don't see anybody present day. Everybody is in a flashback. We get a little bit of Mia, Elena. We get some Jamie thrown in, some Bill. Um, So we're going to go right into Mia first, because that's who we come into first. Um, (laughs) So we learn that she comes from a pretty religious Mm -hmm. um, West Indian family. Right. Uh, they are, I don't know if they're against her going to the Big Apple, but they're worried a little bit. And we understand that she's from that environment and she's worried a little bit. You know, she tells her, her professor early on that she's kind of terrified of the city. What did you guys think with this opening, you know, this young Mia versus the savvy, self-confident Mia we've been, you know, used to seeing. Monty, what'd you think about that? I think it was a nice you know, like a breath of fresh air. I was like, oh, we're going to realize in this episode why Mia is Mia Warren today. Mm. It was such a a breath of fresh air. I loved Tiffany Boone, who played young Mia. She was so, so good. And I think she did a really good job of kind of being that that breath of fresh air at the beginning and then ending with the Mia that we know Mm. now. Yeah, what were you thinking, Trina? First of all, on the Tiffany Boone front, wow. She got facial expressions. She got the way Carrie speaks as the character down. I was confused a couple of times. I was looking down, and I thought it was Carrie on screen. I looked up, and it was her. Yeah, her And that, the voice, that was killing me. So it was really great to see her playing that character because it felt like it was real. Mm -hmm. And that mom, man, she's been in other things. And I'm so sorry, I don't know the name of the actor, but she always plays this stoic character that'll scare the pants off of you. So Mm -hmm. it was interesting to see that maybe her mom is more of the Elena in her than, you know, to her Mia. So that was very interesting to see how she was raised because she was raised in a different way than she's raising Pearl. So mm-hmm. 
my mind was opened. That's a good point. And a lot of that pushback to Elena could, you know, probably comes out of that conflict that she feels, you know, with her mom and how she was raised and, you know, that whole deal. What were you, what were your thoughts, Jeff Beans? No, I really like, I think we're all saying the same thing, how we saw a younger Mia, more innocent, uh, as we, as revealed a virgin, as opposed to this person who just used the sex as her instrument. We see a very innocent part of her in a very, in an environment where she's misunderstood. And I feel like that's yeah. also why she probably had this curious mind when she got to New York, because she grew up in such a very strict household. And a lot of times that's what tends to happen. We see she was faced with a situation to where she had to make a decision, which we see, and I'm pretty sure we're going to get into that, but mm-hmm. I like the, the early stages of Mia. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, and so to give, right off, oh, sorry, go ahead, Monty. No, I just wanted to give credit because Trina was like, I can't remember the actress's name. I looked it up. So we give credit where credit is due. Melanie Nicole's King. That is who go. plays Mia's mom. And I agree, she's very good at being that. You, you believe her that yeah. Mia grew up in that household of like, oh, you just give me a look and Mia sits up straight. Like, that's how my yeah. mom was. My mom didn't yes. have to hit me. She just looked at me. Yeah. And it was enough that I felt like I got hit, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, she did a great job. She did an, <laughs> she did an excellent job. You can tell she did not play. Uh, we'll talk about her parents' reaction um, to different situations uh, as we move along a little further and talking about me. I wanted to get into her coming into New York and um, we see Jesse L. Williams finally and find out contextually how he fits into this story it was a lot less traumatic than I had initially anticipated right Um, likewise (laughs) yeah so I was I was pleasantly surprised so chef just give us kind of your overall thoughts on the whole surrogacy um issue and how she was approached about it in that whole situation so I do think Jess Jesse went about it a pretty creepy way (laughs) <laughs> following her off the train like I, I I'm never with that just you know going into spaces where you're not welcome but I like how the author because this there was this is based off a book I like how the author kind of introduced this why Mia may be as protective as she is when it comes to other children so I kind of like how they kind of gave that essence but as far as the whole surrogate situation it's 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 kind of tricky because we see she did it out of need having to pay for school but as we find out later she kind of you know ran off on a plug so <laughs> I, I don't know I'm kind of conflicted by I see why she wanted to hold on to her pearl that she created from a young clam mm. <laughs> that Carter, she right? it yeah, I mean, I think we were all when, at the end of episode five when the mom was like, that's a baby. It's not her baby, you know, or basically it's not our grandbaby. Mm, right, you know, we were right, all like, what? Right. Like, how's this going to work out? And blah, blah, blah. And I know, like, 
Okay, I would never be afraid of Jesse Williams. <laughs> because he's beautiful. But I will say, I looked up some surrogacy laws in New York. I don't know about the 80s, but I know now gestational surrogacy is illegal in New York, which is really interesting because a lot of things go in New York, but not that. So then it made sense if it was illegal as to why there wasn't an agency involved and why they a- approached her the way that they did because they really had mm-hmm. no other options. I think they did a really good job of just showing how desperate they were. They were so desperate. You could tell they both wanted a baby really, really badly. And so if there's not an agency that you can go to and go through and you just have to find someone on your own that really would make for very awkward, creepy situations, that then makes sense as to why she's at their house getting inseminated with a turkey baster and not at a clinic you know yeah um so then that to me fed into the like oh they're just so desperate and Mm -hmm. nicole bahari um plays the uh, ryan's wife um in the episode i just felt so i felt for her so much because when mia told her yes she would do it her level of joy i mean Uh she almost just could you know you could tell she was just vibrating when she was waiting for Mia to, to tell her yes or no. You know, she told mm-hmm. her, we'll do whatever you want. And Mia was negotiating, well, 10,000. Nope, I'm going to need 12,000. I can't do less than 12,000. How fast can you give it to me? And da-da-da-da-da. She was like, as fast as you want it. And, you know, Jess was more of like, we can work out a payment plan and we can draw up papers. And um, the wise character was like, no, let's do it. Whatever you want to do, let's do it. You know, mm-hmm. she was just so anxious. So to... I didn't even need to see them again. When she yeah. wrote the letter, I was just crestfallen for them. I just felt so bad for them because she wanted a baby so badly. And to get that close, you know, they were so close. Mm. Um, what were your thoughts about the whole surrogacy issue, surrogacy issue, Trina? I wish we could have spent more time on it. Everything rushed through so fast to find out oh, I don't have tuition. (laughs) Oh, I need $12,000. Let me go get $12,000. Let me get a turkey baster. And we were all like, what the heck just happened? So I just thought it was really fast. Obviously, we had one episode to do this whole thing. But I thought the most traumatic part was that she was a virgin when she went to do this thing. And so a lot of things were happening for her and not just that. So it was very, and not to mention in her normal life with Pauline, it was all very traumatic watching it because you felt for this young girl that didn't have an option to go to her parents because of how she was raised. So I thought it was wild, but it made sense (laughs) because not much will give you just 12K. But I think we all know that that will freeze, you know, donating your eggs, things like that. We know that that's even still where you know, you can get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you were talking about Mia's relationship with her professor. So mm. she becomes kind of a, Pauline initially sees a spark in her and she becomes kind of like a mentor mm-hmm. um, to Mia's character. But then a little bit later, it gets a little bit gray area ish and sticky yeah. Um, what was kind of your read on that relationship and the complexities uh, of it, Monsi? Yeah, complex for sure, right? Uh, <laughs> um, but in the, in the sense, it's kind of like, you know, we're talking about this very innocent and very inexperienced girl who is alone, 
who probably has never, you know, fallen in love or been in a relationship. And here she has this like mentor who is saying all of this, all these things of support in the field that she has the most passion for being an artist. One person who sees that, that's all that she really is like, you know, trying to get to. That's why she becomes a surrogate. So mm -hmm. as twisted and complex as it was, I, I understood why Mia felt that way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You felt, you felt, you felt for her. And I was like, I, right from the beginning, I was like, um, oh, that's, that's going to be a thing. You know, I didn't know how it was going to unravel, but I, I saw it early on. And I was like, how can you blame this girl who's completely alone, feeling loved by someone and not wanting to return the love? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did you feel like there was any, uh, uh, Trina, did you feel like there was any conflict of interest with the whole power differential since Mia was her professor at the current time and she was taking a class from her, you know? Yeah, I mean, for sure. I think she was definitely taking advantage of, especially knowing her health situation later on, thinking about how you know, she just kind of took her because she was easy to take and easily mm -hmm. manipulated. I mm -hmm. also think it's obvious that Mia has some mommy issues that we found out about throughout this, just looking for acceptance, things like that. Mommy issues are real as well, not just daddy yeah. issues. So, you know, and then that's kind of, it goes back to the same thing with Elena's kids. There's a lot of similarities here with how she was raised versus how these kids are raised. So yes, Pauline did manipulate the situation. Yes, Mia did fall for it as an adult. So, you know, I don't know what's right yeah. and what's wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's really great. Back back again to those choices of like, you yeah. know, what what were her choices? What are her choices in the situation? So mm -hmm. we find um, out her brother comes into town and their relationship is really stable. He seems really, mm -hmm. you know, they have a really solid relationship. Um uh, but eventually he passes away. There's an accident and she goes back home. We'll talk about her brother a little later, but um, she goes back home and her parents have no idea that she's a surrogate and it comes <laughs> time <clears throat> to go to the funeral. Chef Beans, were you, how were your feelings surrounding her funeral? Like no matter how I feel about different decisions that you made. And I feel like at that point, as far as um, this mother, I'm sorry, Monsi, what's her name again? So, so oh, I got I'm, I'm getting it. Hold on. Melanie Nicole's King. Yeah, Melanie did a great job with her facial expressions and her conviction to let you know you've made this decision and this is what you're gonna have to live with to the point where even I was taken back. Like I don't mm. a lot of shows don't really do that to me, but I'm just kinda like that was that was powerful. Powerful in the sense where she accurately depicted this character but also powerful to where her statement was made and we can even see in episodes prior that she doesn't claim Mia as a daughter that's not my daughter that's not my granddaughter I went the mother made it very clear that she wants nothing to do with that so mm -hmm. this episode just bring every brought everything full circle like so that's what's really going on at home that's yeah. why it's this great area when it comes to Mia's family yeah yeah. yeah, I have to say, when it when it panned to her with the dress on, I was like, why she got on that dress? She ain't about to go nowhere. Like, I, knew. <laughs> <laughs> I know them mamas. My yeah, mama ain't one of them mamas, but I know them mamas. Like, yeah. girl, you ain't going nowhere. 
no, you you're staying in that room. The church, they already said the mama, the, the brother said that the mama was on the deaconess board. Oh, uh-uh. oh. deaconess board is notorious for gospel. And you can't bring it like that to deaconess board. Like they're going to have a field day. It's not yeah. going to be about Warren at all. The whole funeral is going to be about, did you see Mia and Mia's pregnant? And that yep. is the news. So I knew for sure. I'm like, girl, why did you even put on a dress? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's upsetting still. What were your thoughts, Trina? I see you are done. Trina is done. I just, I, I felt, so the look that the mom gave Mia when she got out of that car and arrived to that house and she was pregnant, just the look up and down and walk away. Turned around. That was yeah. way worse than had she gone buck wild on her. I was nervous. <laughs> I She should have turned around and gone to stay somewhere else and then got to go to her brother's funeral because you knew that she was going to be locked up in that house. A shameful lockup after that point. Yep. That's true. I, I forgot about that. How the mom just turns around. She, she just, looks at her and turns around. She don't even say anything. Like, <laughs> can she explain? And I was like, why didn't she explain before? Like, but whatever. Right. You know, it was a, it was well, a crazy. She still I get, her mom doesn't know, no right? To chat. Like her mom had lost. I mean, she was, she was, she was very distraught on the phone. So, um, okay. So we get that background. We understand that, you know, uh, Mia then writes the letter uh, and decides to keep the baby which is just not good news for anybody. It's just sad. It's just sad <laughs> all the way around. I was like, oh, this is not good. This not is, good. Uh, but she felt once again, like those were her choices because, you know, for whatever reason, um, I felt like uh, her mom said, you need to figure out a way on your own to honor your brother. So then she has Pearl and names her Pearl Warren and she takes on the last name Warren. Do you think that was her way of honoring her brother since her brother also told her, you know, um, you, he really wanted her to have the baby uh, and said to her, you know, you always want to create something that's, you know, new in the world or that adds to the world. This baby could be it. What were your thoughts about her honoring her brother, Chef? Um, I really like that approach uh, because the brother made it very clear that he's here to support her, but also he noticed that she was shaping it to something that she wasn't not saying college or moving away doesn't give you the autonomy to kind of create your own, you know, characteristics, but he saw that she had strings on her arms. So he was Mm -hmm. more so telling her, look, be the radical that I know you are and kind of be more of an independent thinker. So unfortunately her brother passed away, but I thought that that was a great way to honor him because she never really fit into the identity of her original last name. Like she was in the household, but she's very similar to Izzy. How Izzy is the outlier. Mm -hmm. So if she's like, okay, how can I detach away from this and kind of create my own lane being that I have to fit for myself? Why not name my daughter after my brother? And we see throughout episodes prior that sometimes she's doing whatever. I'm just saying she's doing whatever she needs to do to make money. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's how much yeah. she's kind of willing on her own lane. Like, I'm going to do whatever I got to do, and that's that. So I thought I thought it was honorable, and she kept the car, which is clearly still with her after yeah. what, fifteen years or how many years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously, the same car. It was old when he bought it. I was like, yeah, that's how he's hanging in there. Right. So <laughs> I thought one thing was interesting because I was rewatching another episode that she sold the painting for thirty thousand. Right? Is that our understanding? Uh-huh. Yes. 
um, she, well, she gave it to the art dealer who procured it, procured it for 30. But when it posted in the New York Times, someone bought it for 400,000. Hmm. That blew my mind. I was going through last episode and it said 400,000. And I was like, wow, that's a lot to be say, said about, um, especially who's using who. When we talk to the art agent, when Mia talks to the art, art agent at the end of the um, episode, I mean, well, at the end of kind of her part, um, and she says, well, you know, you knew Pauline, I'm going to always make sure you're taken care of. And I was like, taken care of or taken advantage of? Especially yeah. when you know she's in a, a, a bad way and she has to sell this particular piece, which is like her, the big piece. And I was just like, oh, that's dirty. And what a, um, a good example of just like how difficult an artist's life is, you know, yeah, that right. she gave up this piece that meant so much and it was so valuable to her, but you know, she got a 10th of what it was really worth once it actually sold to somebody yeah that that was wild so well yeah um, she also she also we have to remember she knows of the secret that mia has yeah yeah so like so like she has that that on her and like mia's probably like yeah yeah you're gonna make so much more money but what can i say because you can literally destroy me in two seconds Mm mm-hmm yeah. Well, but if she says, I think you're fine, nobody's chasing after you anymore, whatever, whatever. But like, do we actually really know that to be true? Right? Like, that's the looming cloud. It's like, right. You know, you know we what? don't really know. Yeah. Now that I think about it, all the Jesse flashbacks of them on the train, different things like that, that could just be her subconscious mind messing with her, thinking that he's chasing after her. Yeah. Because he already right. had this like airy but if it was me sorry it all makes sense i feel like i would never stop hunting her down because she has my baby yeah and it's not like oh you said you were gonna have a baby for me it's somebody else's baby no that is his baby like they made that baby together I'm not yeah. gonna have a baby that's half my baby anywhere in the world and not spend right. every single day of my life trying to find that baby. That is his baby. That's his baby. Yeah. So that's I, I so I think she knows that and that is why she has that in her Paranoid. mind. He's after mm-hmm. her yeah. because she knows she would be after that person. You know what I mean? Like ba- like baby's fighting for her baby. Like, yeah, she should be worried. Uh, yep. Because if he not coming in the next couple of episodes, something, something is going down. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's less about him. But. So we are so excited to be able to discuss episode seven. It's a, I mean, episode six. It's a wild one. Um, we're thankful for super fans. Chef Beans, you got a message for us? Yes, we want to say thank you for tuning in to After Buzz TV and watching our after show. Uh, we're so grateful to have you here. If you're watching on YouTube, please leave us a thumbs up. If you're on iTunes, give us a five-star rating. But no matter where you are, leave us a nice, juicy comment. We come here every day. Give you all the good stuff. So thanks for tuning in. We got these little bars, but these bars aren't going out anytime soon. We have so much more to go over. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So let's top, hop right into Elena because it was very me, Elena heavy. Um, so we see Elena with three kids. She seems really happy. She's going back to work. She's balancing it all, even though the babysitter is shading her. <laughs> so <laughs> babysitter's like, you shouldn't feel guilty because you're going back to work. She's like, I don't feel guilty. I'm out, yeah. bro. 
Yeah. Um, but we see she's lost a few steps, as some women do. Like, you know, just being out, you get punished, that mother motherhood attacks. Um, but she finds out that she's pregnant again, much to her chagrin. So I think a lot of, um, what were you guys' thoughts? Were, who, who was like, that's why her and you don't get along? What? what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what were your thoughts, Mosey? Yeah, so many things with that. It's like, she obviously didn't want or wasn't ready for a fourth child. You know, it seems it showed you how quickly it happened. It's different if maybe it would happen in a couple of years. So you automatically mm -hmm. think how she didn't want Izzy. She did it because I think her mother made her feel a little forced. I thought it was very unfair for her to say why she said something like, let women be women. Oh man, I got so mad when she said that. I was like, what do you mean by let women be women? To just stay at home and be a mom? So, so wrong. And and poor, you know, Elena to have to hear that at that age when you're just like, mom, I've got three kids. You're over here telling me because I got money, I gotta do another one. I this isn't what I want. Like it was such yeah. A terrible moment for her and it's it makes you think well it Izzy was not really wanted she comes out and maybe that resentment is there from both of them like you you know you're a mom and if you're carrying a baby you don't want maybe that baby feels it you know like you're all connected so if you're feeling bad like maybe the baby feels bad it's I don't know I'm not a mom because I I would not be a good mom because I'm so selfish. So I'm like, I don't know. I can't <laughs> well, well, only I'm a great mom. And let me tell you. Enlighten me because I don't know. No, I thought it was really interesting because I was talking with a friend of mine um, and she, well, she does, she's not a mom, but she works with kids. She's been a teacher for a lot of years. And she said, you know, it was a difficult baby. And I said, I don't think a lot of people catch that because she's constantly crying she has to have like, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar familiar with colic, which is like a stomach mm -hmm. upset. A lot of babies have when they're really yeah. little that makes them cry a ton. And it's like, there's no cure for it. And you, you, the kid just has to cry it out. Like luckily I never had a baby with colic, but I did have a baby with acid reflux that cried a lot and threw up a lot. And I think that, um, well, I know for a fact when babies have colic, they just have a hard time bonding with the parent. The parent has a hard time bonding with them and they have a hard time bonding with the parent. So right off the bat, I was like, oh no, she has a colicky baby and already, you know, her misgivings about the pregnancy, like this is going to be a really tough one. So I could see how it kind of spills over into their, you know, basically their relationship. So Bill's really excited. Hey, listen, Bill, <laughs> Bill said four, just like three. Honey, you could do it. Quit the little job you got. You don't need that little right, job. Right, that, that little job. Quit that little thing. Quit that little thing on the side. And even said, did you have this fourth baby to trick me into getting a house that your mom oh, wanted? Oh, boy. Yeah. What was your uh, thoughts on Bill's uh, reaction, Trina? Uh, it's just so obvious. He's at work all day. It's He doesn't need to do anything. So for him, it's another thing that he gets to play with when he comes home from work when she's still taking care of the baby although you know I don't know why someone that has so much control like Elena didn't think about the birth control aspect of it prior to when there was space and time to maybe get pregnant that confused me that that even happened but yeah Bill is along for the ride he was really nice which I'm sure we'll get into but when she came home after her explosion. He was very nice and understanding. Oh, I'm glad you took a minute because I think 
you know, he had that 12 hours or whatever it was to be her mm-hmm. yeah, and to yeah. see what that's like to be the only yeah. one that's paying attention to these little humans that they're supposed yeah. to take care of. Yes. And you know what I thought was funny when she left to go get a pacifier, uh, she comes back and the babysitter's there. So that yeah. makes you know Bill could not do it on could, his own. He had to he call the right. babysitter like, yeah. come over here with these kids. You know, I yeah. thought that was so funny when she comes back and the babysitter is there. So um, they get to talking. It's, I thought it was really interesting that they were hanging out with Linda and them that long ago. And Linda, I know. Really, right? It put things yeah. in a perspective, though, because Linda's been trying to have a baby since Elena had book since before yeah. she had Izzy, which is just was another heartbreaking thing that really just puts that all into perspective for you. So um, her mom tells her basically, you don't have any choices, which I thought was really interesting. <sighs> um, people like us, she said, don't don't do that. People yeah. like, well, we stood and we, you know, campaigned for abortion rights or whatever. And she said, yes, we did for other people, but people like us don't do that. Thought it was really interesting at the dinner with Linda when she said, people like us don't need those kind of home loans. So there's something yeah. that people like us, there's a, there's a rules that people like us do and people like us don't. Um, were you guys surprised to find out that her mom was you know fighting for abortion rights but then at the same time was saying to her like you don't essentially you don't have a choice what were your thoughts about that chef um about the my, thoughts about, my thoughts about that uh, i think this speaks to what we were speaking about in after shows prior about this whole privilege narrative like because her mother also spoke about resources that we have basically like it's people who uh, I can't think of the exact terminology right now off back, but even when I think about like Planned Parenthood, I don't want to get too deep into it, but how they, like population control, especially where they're located in certain, you know, marginalized areas, that's a whole nother conversation. But when it comes to like her mother and the, the way that she used it, it's more so like that option, that, like they come from like royalty. So I know like prisoners, <laughs> yeah. our, 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 our blood is pure, like, but we don't we don't do things like that. Like we need to have as many as possible. You're a woman, and we're going to like multiply. So I thought about it from a nepotism point of view, but also from like I said, the overarching thing was the privilege aspect. Like we're 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 well off. We're we're better than good. That's for the lower mm-hmm. bottom feeding barrel of this economy type thing. That's mm-hmm. what I took from it. Like yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And so interesting that she wants to tell her like how important motherhood is, but you drunk half of the day. You can't even watch your own grandkids. She's like, that one keep crying. He cried himself to sleep. This one doing that. Like, you're not some bastion of motherhood. Like, you're a terrible mother. I can tell because you're a terrible grandmother getting drunk and can't even watch your own grandkids. So yeah. how are you going to tell somebody? I was just like, oh my goodness. Let's, poor Elena. I, I, I mean, yeah. I don't, I, I don't, um, yeah, I don't often feel bad for Elena, but I felt bad for Elena in that moment. And I, was, I, was say, I wasn't wanting her to get an abortion. I was just wanting someone to listen to her. Yeah, like, right. I just felt like nobody is listening to her, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she hits up your boy, Jamie. Monsi, your boy, Jamie. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> your boy, Jamie, driving how many hours, you guys? Six hours? Six. 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 
on a All Friday right. night. So, Mossy, what were, what were your thoughts <sighs> when, when with the whole Jamie situation at the bar <laughs> at the hotel? You know, uh, I, I again, I was very excited to see him, obviously. It was perfect for us to see what had happened because in the last episode we were so confused it was like why he was so angry why he turned in the split yeah. moment and like why he demanded essentially an apology from her we were all wondering like what it could have been did i expect that to be the situation kind of it's just that when she said you're taking advantage of me i was like no he's not what what are you? No, 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 no. Let me tell you what Papi is not doing. He's not doing that. You guys were like, enjoying your night together collectively. Collectively, you decided to do this and to say that to him. That's where she lost me because I was feeling for her. I was like, man, I felt so bad for you. Just like you said, nobody was listening to her, and yeah. that's really what it is. You just wanted her to be able to say these things out loud and let her decide for herself what what the next step was. And so she, you know, spiraled out of control like many of us do when we're trying to hold on so tightly to something and it mm -hmm. doesn't work out, you know? So yeah. I, I thought it was a great scene and I thought it gave us so much more understanding mm -hmm. of Elena and what happened with Jamie. Yeah, just her inability to take any kind of responsibility is so interesting. When she says to him, mm -hmm. I called you because I needed a friend. Yeah. Sounded so much like Lexi to me. You yes. remember when, when Lexi had the abortion and I couldn't call anybody else. Mm -hmm. That same idea that Chef, you talked about, you, you know, you did have people, you just didn't want certain people to know, you know, that, that right. whole um, idea. But so that was really interesting. Like Jamie has been driving six hours to be your friend. You know that. No, like right. you making out with him in a hotel room, you know that. So that was that was that was kind of disappointed, disappointing. Why she couldn't just say to him, "I'm sorry, I used you like this." Like I realized she eventually says, "I don't know what I needed, but it wasn't this." That's a great statement. But before mm -hmm. that, to take zero responsibility, I mean, yeah. How did you feel about that whole situation, Trina? Well, I at least I'm glad we understand why. Glad that we know that he knows that he is not probably in the cleanest relationship that there ever was much like what she tries to disguise it as so I was glad that we at least got that bit out of it and I feel bad for Jamie it's like things keep happening to him with this person he keeps letting them but still he knows what he's getting and may you know thinking the oh maybe she's changed maybe it'll be time really sad <laughs> to watch yeah. Jamie sad. go through that because he's just chilling trying to be successful and then she creeps back in. And I think we all have situations that we've been through like that with friends or boyfriends, girlfriends, or otherwise. And it's the worst. So I yeah. feel bad for Jamie. But so I, Jamie. I think, oh, go ahead. No, oh, sorry. So I was going to say, I also think that this was really full circle from the first time we met Jamie when Elena was trying to go back to the hotel. He was like, what do you want? No. And he kind of like sent her off her way. Because you're not going to do this to me again. No. So I, I thought that that was very telling. Like, oh, he's been down these ropes before. He's not be for her games anymore. Yeah. yeah, when he said you're sad, you know, you're still a sad person with a sad little life. I was like, oh, he really <laughs> like that she like, mm, that hit the nail on the head. So Jamie still loves her. That's what I think is most sad about it. She's kind of pulling at his heartstrings. Um, yeah. But there's a, a point where Jamie says, um, 
you know, I want to be with you. I still love you. I think you still love me. And, you know, I want to be with you and let's just, let's just do it. Let's just be together. Were you guys the impression that Jamie was saying, let's be together as in leave your husband? Or was he meaning let's be together as in leave your entire family? Or is Jamie trying to come into the situation with these four screaming kids when he <laughs> wants to be a foreign correspondent? Like, Jamie, you not about that life? <laughs> what were your thoughts about that, Trina? Were you thinking like, <laughs> what was he meaning? He was just trying, he was, he's, he's desperate for her. And so mm-hmm. he's just reaching and saying, you leaving? You going to come with me now? And he has no idea what <laughs> would come with that. Like that comes with leaving her husband, having four kids, all of these things. But he's not thinking about all of the stuff that will come along with it. He just wants her and he sees her as whatever he saw in Paris. Mm, that's a good point. He remembers her. So the person that she used to be, he remembers yeah. her in Paris. Yeah, exactly. So um, we also meet, we, we learn a little background on Bill. Bill is at the table when they're with the, with the friends, Linda and those guys. He says, you know, um, when they're talking about the house, I would have to leave the PD. And I was like, <laughs> public defense attorney? Bill? Yeah. Bill yeah. as a public defender? My mind was blown. And she was like, well, you could get a, you know, a partner track at a major firm. And I was like, wait a minute. Like, did she change Bill's whole personality? Like, he's such a partner track dude now. I mean, he yeah. laughs in, in Mia's face when she says, can you do pro bono work? It's like, no, nobody. I don't do pro bono work. So like, changed him. what happened? Yes, what happened? Trina, <laughs> what do you think? I I have no faith in Bill being himself ever. So maybe maybe it's Monsi. What do you think? Because I, he's never gonna do anything for himself. And it started when he was what? Whenever he met her, like twenty years old or whatever that was, twenty two. Yeah, I think honestly, having the fourth kid, I think he was like, I gotta make her happy, and that means moving to this mm. house and having to get another job like but I agree we're seeing early on that Bill doesn't have much of a backbone and that he's kind of gonna do whatever Elena wants and like if Elena wants to go to New York she's gonna go and it's just like got it it's been like this since the beginning got it yeah well Bill sad (laughs) (laughs) it's cool sometimes I mean, sometimes I just think, oh, he's such a sad husband. You know, he's a sympathetic character, but then at other times you're like, how do you not know she doesn't want this baby? I don't know. Like, I, I just, I don't know where to, where I sit with Bill. I don't know, guys. Um, but Trina, I thought it was really interesting when we finally get kind of to meet Jamie and suss him out a little bit more and compare him with Bill. Um, it's really interesting because you were saying, I think she would be with, you know, like a, a captain of the football team, you know, type of guy, a guy that would be, you know, doing all this stuff, which is the kind of guy that Jamie seems like. And yeah. I think you were right. Right. And I think she thinks that too, that she essentially chose the wrong guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So props out to you, Trina, for figuring it out. <laughs> I didn't want to be right. I want Bill to be happy. I want him to be I want Bill to be happy. I love but it. But he changed. <laughs> so, so Trina, you have our special segment today? Yes, I sure do. Okay, guys, so we I'm excited about this one. I don't know why. Probably because we're in a different decade. We've been spending so much time in the 90s that we all love the 90s, but we also love the 80s. And I want to know, so the ending song 
left with a 90s song. Mm-hmm. I want to know if you guys were making the soundtrack to this show, what would your 80s cover song have been? I will go first and I'll throw one out there and give you guys some time to think. I would have done Pressure okay. by David Bowie. Yeah. Because that's what that whole car <laughs> scene, that's what that felt like. And forever, running away from Jesse Williams, doing all that, it just felt Mia's, that's all she's ever under, is pressure. So I would have gone with that one. What do you think, Monty? What's yours? I would have ended it. I I was thinking about this. I was like, you know, and this, I'm I'm thinking of this on the fly. I think this is 80s, not 90s, but Bon Jovi living on a prayer at the end. Because we see her, I agree, like that whole end of the car scene is really tough and I agree super under pressure but we do get a quick glimpse of Carrie Washington Mia now smiling looking back like you know you living on a prayer but hopeful nice. there we go yeah so I I would have loved to end with something like that literally living on a prayer that's what those two were doing for literally. the rest of their lives what about you chef beans uh, um, I hope this is 80s, but this is the song that just popped up on my head. It kind of makes sense. I was going to say a Michael Jackson thriller because I'm thinking about oh, yeah. uh, the music video <laughs> at the end when his arm was around her and then he turned yeah. around like, you know, like, I, feel like, <laughs> I feel like at the end of it, that was her to like the life she used to knew, like used to know, like her eyes are now yellow. I'm just different, me and now. So yep. bring on the zombies, bring on whatever, and I'm going to do whatever it takes. So that's why I would I would go with Thriller. That's a good one. Okay, yeah. what do you got? Oh, man, I don't know. I'm so bad with music, you guys. Uh, that's okay. Especially 80s. Um, uh, or even I, just a vibe, like a vibe yeah. or a type of song that you think would have fit this whole episode instead of what played which was <sighs> I feel like Monty got it with living on a prayer like for yeah. real especially for in real. reference to Mia's like a religious background and yeah. then just like throwing caution to the wind because she really had nothing. Mm-hmm. nothing she had nothing like yeah. and then you know she was just praying every night not to get caught <laughs> still to this day she exactly is, like, right her that's still her thing saying I mean, I just don't even know how she's going day to day, not only living the lie, but also constantly looking over her shoulder. It's just insane that she's able to manage any of that. It's on that prayer, yeah. girl. That's what she's doing. Yeah, that's what, well, that makes so much sense as to why she's so flat affect and stoic. Exactly. And she can't emotionally invest yeah. and she can't, you know, connect with people because she's mm-hmm. constantly doing all of that. Um, so, Mosi, you have some news for us? Yes, you know, we've been talking about how great this young Mia and young Elena are. Uh, We said Tiffany Boone plays young Mia and Anna Sophia Robb plays young Elena. Now, I couldn't put my finger on who that actress was. Y'all, she's the little girl from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory with Johnny Depp. That's that little girl. Anna Sophia Robb, right? Yes. She's also the girl that played... um, the surfer that got her arm bit off yes oh i didn't realize that yeah so she smashed this episode she smashed it i agree 
agree. I totally agree. Both of them smashed it. Now, both of them had to do a lot of work. In fact, Tiffany Boone says, I actually didn't know what I signed up for. And at first I was like, oh man, no, I don't want to do this. I don't, I don't want to have to replicate this as a young version. So she said she was very nervous, but that Carrie Washington was super awesome. Both actresses were able to shadow them as they oh. did scenes. Tiffany Boone says she would watch everything Carrie Washington did, her mm -hmm. mannerisms, how she yeah. tilted her head, and that she would go home and practice it for one or two hours every day wow. after she put her on set. Carrie Washington was also on set almost every day, even when she wasn't filming as a producer. So Tiffany said anytime she had questions, she was there. She felt very comfortable. And it was really thanks to her. They talked a lot to develop this character. And she told her that she needed to look at the world as an artist. She's like, not mm -hmm. as an actor, as an artist. Yeah. So she's like, she kind of started to see it differently. Now for Elena's character, um, she also was able to shadow her and stuff, but she actually listened to Reese Witherspoon's, I, her book is called Whiskey in a Teacup. Let me double check that. Yes, Whiskey in yeah. a Teacup. So she listened to Reese's book so that she could get her inflation, her dialect and how she spoke. And then she went to audition for the role. So if you oh. were thinking she sounds just like Reese, yes, that's what she devoted a lot of time to is listening to her and trying to sound like her. Which is crazy. Oh, that was awesome. That was awesome. So they good. both just did a great job. Oh, so here's good. a tidbit. Do you guys know Pauline, the professor, actually was the first Black Disney princess? She voiced, voiced Princess Tiana. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, wow. Anika Noni Rose. Awesome. Well, oof, it was the episode with so much. Let's go through predictions. We'll start with you, Trina. <laughs> episode seven. I have no idea <laughs> what's going to happen. I hope that the kids, I hope that we start holding the kids accountable for stuff. I hope Lexi is held accountable for the things she does. Cause last time we saw her, she was putting on mascara in the car, going back to school. I just hope we get a little more of the kids before the season ends. But do I know what's going to happen? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Beans? Uh, I, I agree with Trina, but I also want to see if Jesse's going to come back in the picture because he is the father. We see Mia's on these big magazine covers and things like that, newspaper covers. So I'm, I, I want to see how that turns out because you said something very telling earlier. He is the father. Yeah. That's his child too. Pearl is his child. Like, is he going to yeah. come back? Who knows? What about you, Monty? Man, girl, I don't know. This is just crazy. <laughs> but I'm going to stick with, I still think that we're going to see an altercation between the Richardson brothers. I think we're, we are going to see that. And I mm -hmm. really, I have a feeling that Bill has never talked to Elena about what he knows. Like, mm -hmm. I know we saw the, the receipt with the number and we saw him fight her going to New York. What if he's never addressed it and she has no idea that he kind of knows. Whoa. So that I predict a, oof, yes. a conversation <laughs> where he's like, let me tell you what I know. Uh, you think and she's the lady, but she's going to be like, Ann, she's going to be like, Ann, you know, so what, what <laughs> Bill? <laughs> Are we she's done? Cry for Bill again. Poor Bill. <laughs> Poor Bill. Uh, so I predict that I'm with Chef that I, I think that um, she's going to raise her, her profile 
inadvertently by getting involved with BB's case. And then when you guys think of, in, in last episode, um, um, Elena saw that portrait of Mia in the hotel. She mm. saw that portrait of Mia in the hotel she was in. So like, I was like, who bought it? And why is it in the hotel? Like when this person has spent $400,000 for it. We remember the Ryans got money. Remember, look at their mm -hmm. house. They are loaded. They are doing everything they can to find that baby. And once Mia's profile heightens, they're going to see her somewhere. They know that's her in the picture. They're going to track her down and they are going to find her and they are going to fight for Pearl. And it's going to divide everybody. everybody <laughs> Just like BB divided everybody, that's going to divide everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's my prediction. Man, I cannot wait for next episode. I'm so excited. This is such a great show. I know all my hosts feel the exact same way, guys. When it drops, we're texting each other. We're trying to save our conversations because we want to talk about it. It's <laughs> so good. Make sure you comment down below. You guys have been doing great with that. We love to read your comments. Thanks so much for joining us. Where can our super fans find you, Trina, on social media? Y'all can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Hey Trina Dong. Awesome. What about you, Chef? You can find me on all social media platforms at chef underscore beans. That's what it is. Awesome. What about you, Monse? Uh, across social media at Monse Bolanos, M-O-N-S-E-B-O-L-A-N-O-S. Awesome. And you can find me, Kay Montgomery, at host K-H-O-S-T-K-A-Y on Twitter and Instagram. We will see you next time on the Little Fires Everywhere after show. Thanks for joining us, guys. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.